Hello and welcome to my podcast, The Life of Lucy Farbister. I can't believe I'm doing this, but I'm really excited to get lots of people on and put the world to rights with them. Um, I think you grow outside your comfort zone, so this is definitely outside my comfort zone. I would never, ever normally tell someone this much detail about me, never mind putting it on a podcast and, yeah, putting it out to the world, but here I am. I'm going to start with when I was at school. I never really listened in school. Um, I was in those sets that always messed about, had the kids in that couldn't really be bothered. The teachers used to get the piss took out of them. I feel bad now, but I was just a naughty kid at the time. I did manage to get five GCSEs in total, I think, with English and science. I didn't pass my maths until the third time I sat it, which was quite difficult for me. Um, In no way am I blaming my parents for my attitude at school, but I think if things weren't as out of place at home, I might have concentrated a little bit more at school. So at the age of 16, my parents split up, um, which is something that needed to happen, to be fair. The family dynamic was never a true family dynamic, even though we did stuff together. I always knew that it was fake because I knew that my parents just used to argue all the time and their body language and stuff just was never really loving. So I never had that proper family dynamic growing up, even though it looked like it was. Um, But I'm not saying that I need loads of sympathy and stuff. I'm just saying that this is why I've been the way that I have. It's my method of reasoning and I'm just trying to work it out. And it affected me quite a lot. Um, I know a lot of people do have it worse than me. It's just that like everything that did happen to me is valid sort of thing. Even though I did have a very supportive family growing up and I am grateful for that. It's just that the relationships in the family were not healthy. I was very close to my mum when I was growing up. I was sort of attached to her in primary school. She had an anxious and depressive disposition and she still does now. That sort of rubbed off on me. So, yeah, you can, that explains my behaviour, really. I've had treatment now alongside cognitive behavioural therapy where they said that I was a chronic worrier. (laughs) I'm very grateful for the NHS and my therapist because I wouldn't be where I am now. I wouldn't be recording this podcast if it wasn't for them. I'd definitely be in a very different place. It really shows how much of an effect parents have because my granddad was also depressive and anxious. He's been on antidepressants all of his life and I just wanted to encourage other people to go and get help if you are struggling because there can be a change and there's no need in all of this unnecessary suffering that people are going through. I now lead a more positive lifestyle and that can be the same for anyone else who's suffering from anxiety and depression as well. 
eventually I moved to my dad's because my mum was just too much for me. Uh, anxiety was being projected onto me all the time. I do love her. Um, I just see her in smaller doses now. Um, hopefully she won't listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I love you, Jane. But I agree with the saying that you are the first like top people you surround yourself with. And me eliminating all the negativity in my life has really helped me develop a more positive life. So I would definitely like follow your idols and stuff on Instagram. Even absorbing that sort of information really helps. <clears throat> so moving on from when I was 16, I had to do some resets at college, which I was pretty upset about, even though... I inflicted it on myself with my bad grades from school. I still didn't have a focus on where I was going, so I just did something I enjoyed at college and I did BTEC sport. I went from just passing my GCSE to first year at Durham University. You can imagine the amount of studying that I needed to do to catch up with everyone else. Not only did... I need to catch up with everyone else, but I also did a season in Ibiza before I started in Durham, just to make sure I was damaging enough brain cells before I started uni. <laughs> oh, it was the best summer, but I'm surprised I got out alive. I think that first year at Durham, that was when I realised that something wasn't right upstairs mentally. This is when I was first introduced to mindfulness, but I just had that much going on that I couldn't implement it to my life as well as I do now. I felt like I was walking through uni with my eyes closed because I was on autopilot so much, just not really making clear decisions based on what I wanted to do, just letting my thoughts run away with me. I managed to scrape through first year of uni. Uh, I did get better as I went on and I managed to get a 2-2 in the end which wasn't bad considering my head wasn't in the game. I made lots of friends at uni, had good parties. Next, I found out about camp, where I went in 2015 and 16. I loved Camp America that much that I even graduated at a later date just to go back in 2016. Whilst I was at uni, I had to work part-time which not a lot of people did. They were lucky enough to be able to study without having to have a part-time job. Most of my time at uni, I spent at Subway in Durham, which was intense. I would do night shifts and there would regularly be fights with no bouncers on the doors. It was crazy. When I was at home in my third year at uni, I worked at M&S, which was quite a boring job for me at the time. But I'm very grateful for it because it allowed me to save up a lot of money to travel in America. At this point, even though I was doing a degree in sports, I felt like I didn't have a solid career path. I was doing volunteer work for schools, but I just couldn't cope with the rude teachers and reluctantly thought, oh, right, that's it, I'm going to do a personal training course. 
it was reluctant because I felt like I'd just gone to uni and it was sort of pointless. Um, but I did other jobs in between finishing uni and now. But it was for companies that just didn't appreciate my hard work. I'm quite a hard working person and I just felt like a drop in the ocean, basically. Pressure to get a real job and be successful has always been on, even throughout my time at uni. So you can imagine what I was feeling like after uni. I felt shit because I had no direction and I didn't feel confident. And that probably came back to my anxiety and things, which might explain why I went back to camp as the assistant director. Even though it was a lot more money, it was something that I knew that I loved. And yeah, it made me happy um, in time of need. But obviously my parents back at home are like, are you going to come back and get a proper job now? Like time was ticking. This is where I say a special thanks to James Smith because I feel I wouldn't be in the position that I'm in now if it wasn't for him. He was making me laugh on Instagram on the days that I didn't feel so good. He instilled so much confidence in me without even knowing. I don't even know the guy properly, but that's just the power of social media. Absorbing all of his content, like going back to the saying that you become the top five people you like hang around with. And he was just what I needed, really while I was going through therapy and studying for my personal training course at the time. So at the end of therapy, my therapist gave me a sheet where <clears throat> she wanted me to identify my values again because they'd been lost through living on autopilot all the time, um, which is where I figured, yeah, that's why I wanted to go traveling all the time because I'm quite an adventurous person finally realised that I should just do what I want to do and not what other people want me to do. I decided I was going to live the life that I always wanted to and I'm going to travel. Um, why wait until you've got loads of responsibilities to do what you want to do? I'm just not following the crowd anymore. I split up with my boyfriend of six years as well because I felt like in the end we were different people. He's lovely, don't get me wrong, but I'm not ready to settle down and I feel like that's the pressure that I was getting from society and everyone around me. It's not a race, it's your own life. It can go wherever you want it to go. I want to say thanks to my family. Um, I can't help but think that I've been a bit of a pain in the ass over the past couple of years. I always felt like I was getting kicked in a box and taped shut because everyone was telling me to do the opposite of what I wanted to do and I was too anxious and not sure of myself to know that I can stand up for myself and I can do what I want to do. So I'm very grateful for the changes that I have made over the past year or so. Very grateful for the path that I'm on now. Personal training is going to be great for me because I love helping people and I love food. So I know what it's like to not, to try and not eat food. So I love working with people. Um, all of my jobs have pretty much been working with others. So I'm looking forward to getting started. Because I've travelled so much, I've 
not got that many friends here at home in Stockton. Why I find England quite boring, but um, the last six months I've literally spent by myself and it's been bliss because I know there's a lot of people that can't do that because of all the voices in the head and stuff. That's why they keep busy. And that was me, basically. But I've been creating some really good habits over the past six months. I've been doing more meditation, more Spanish, working on my business. They're like the three top goals that I've set myself for this year. I never usually set myself goals. Um, I think it's because I've always been scared that I would never achieve them. So I'm going to give it a go this year and I'm just feeling really confident. I've started to create good habits with my sleeping as well, which has definitely improved my attitude and stuff. I've been reading Why We Sleep. Getting myself into books has really helped because I didn't even know that depression and anxiety are actually linked to sleep as well, along with lots of other things like dementia, cancer, obesity. It's really good to get yourself in a book because I think I underestimated the power of books when I was younger. I've spent like the most time in the library in my year of being 25 than any other time of my life um, and I'm loving it. It's really got me going basically. So all in all I've made quite a lot of changes over the past year or so. Not just a couple of things, um, but I just wanted to share it with you. I hope it's not been too doom and gloom. But I think my involvement in like getting better with my anxiety has led me to realise, well, I always enjoyed sports psychology at uni, but I definitely want to use my degree to continue to study in psychology eventually once I've given personal training a bit of a go. But in the end, I'm happy because my goal all along was just to enjoy my work and what I do because I think you spend like a third of your life in work. You spend a third of your life sleeping. And the last third, make sure that you're doing stuff that you love. Like I go to dancing and I'll do Christmas dancing shows and I love travelling, which is something that I'm going to be doing very soon. I also do exercise a lot, which probably contributes to a better mental health, which is something that I felt like I needed to include in this podcast. Um, the aim is just to get the most out of life. Um, and I wanted to give you the positivity that James has given to me through Instagram. I feel like I've been talking to you for ages, but it is such a short podcast. I wanted to say thank you for listening. Um, I'm very grateful and I'm looking forward to the future podcasts that I'm going to be bringing to you. I've got a couple of guests lined up already and I hope you've enjoyed it.